You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ibera Star Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Well, hey, everybody, it's me, Rosie O'Donnell. How are you? Are you good? It's May already. How the hell is it going so fast? I'm trying to tell it to slow down, you know? I can't believe that in June, I will have been on this beach for one year. And then I'm going to leave the beach. And it's so very difficult to do, I got to tell you. I just love this house I just love the being on the ocean. It's brought me so much joy. And not only did we see that one whale about a week and a half ago, we saw another whale three days ago. And it's so wild. It looks like a prehistoric dinosaur neck coming up, you know? And it's just, it's mothers, mother humpbacks and baby humpbacks. And they swim close to shore because the orcas kill them out in the deep ocean. This is what I've been finding out in my new love of whales. But um, yeah, I'm going to miss this house. I really am. And, you know, I got great friends who live close by. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be sad. But I am also so grateful. And I like when I make a plan and I stick to it. You know, the plan was take a year, get a chef, get healthy, enjoy the beach and your child. And that's what I did. And Dakota, you know, had some opinions and decisions. And, you know, Franny Drescher, my friend, says, why are you letting her make a decision for you about if you're going to stay on the beach? (laughs) Like, if you're not a mom, you don't get it. You know, I've got this little kid. She has autism and she is very unique and particular. And she's articulate about her feelings and wants you to know where she's at at all times. And I said, I don't understand why you would want to move away from this house. And she said, well, mommy, uh, I'm afraid of the tsunami and I would like to have a pool and I would like to have, oh my God, I'm seeing another whale right now. I am seeing another whale right now. Oh, this is too funny. This is too funny. Three whales in the last three and a half weeks. 
Oh, God, it keeps bobbing up its little prehistoric black kind of head area. I don't even know. They almost come like vertically up from the ground. This is this is too wild. Listen, uh, as I'm sitting here thinking how great my life is, uh, we have a great conversation coming up with my buddy, Cameron Mannheim, who you all know from all of the many shows she's been on. And right now she's on Law & Order and kicking ass on NBC over there. And you know what? I love her so much. I love her so much. And it was such a great conversation. All I want to say is sit back, relax. Here we go, everybody. We got some questions at the end of the podcast, but coming up, Cameron Mannheim. Cam, I miss you being out here. Yeah, I miss it out there too. But I, I said I was going to wait to gloat until your earphones were back on that um, it's really beautiful in New York. <laughs> right now, today? Yeah. yeah. But you're in Malibu, so it's cold. You're by the ocean. And it is like so stormy that I was sitting in my house feeling like there were earthquakes. Like it, that's how much it's rocking. I'm telling you, the earth is pissed off. You are not kidding, honey. It is no. crazy, the weather everywhere. And, you know, how how long are we going to be able to just pretend it's not happening? That's the question, right? It's tragic. As long as, you know, big corporations are paying off the Republicans. Oh, my God, we're not going there. We Hi. could. We could, but we won't. <laughs> we won't. Now, are you enjoying your time in New York? You've been there like a year almost, right? I know. I'm here eight months out of the year, and I love New York. I love it up when I'm here. You know, I'm at the theater, I'm at the Knicks game, I'm at the Rangers game, I saw Billy Joel at the Garden. Right. I love this town. It is so electrifying. I mean, I love my home in Los Angeles, too, but I am truly bi-coastal right yeah. now, and isn't that the dream? It really is. It's I'm sort of that way, too. I mean, I live here, and Dakota's going to school here, but I have my place still in New York, and I go home to see the bigger kids, and... There's something really uh, wonderful about being able to live like that. I know. And now that my son has grown up and I feel like I don't have to be in one place, you know, keeping a steady home for him because he's all over the world, I, I can, you know, live my second life. This is like a whole new chapter for me coming back to New York. I went to college here. Where'd you go? I went to NYU. I, I got my uh, master's degree at NYU, and I lived in this very same apartment that I'm in right now talking to you. Are you kidding You'll me? You'll see all the construction going on behind me because now I'm a grown-up, and I can afford to redo the kitchen and you know, <laughs> do a few nice things to it. So I'm, I'm renovating it. Have you kept it for all these years in New York? I kept it all these years. I bought it in 1991 because I'm very smart. You really are. You're and good with money. You know what you're doing. You know how to decorate. You're like my go-to person out here. You know, Rosie, when you're like a big girl like I am and you get a dream job like the practice, you think this is probably the last job I'm ever getting because right. you just never believe you're going to get another one. So I was really smart and I saved my money and I invested it and I did all the right things because I thought, you know, I'll be teaching in right. two years when this show's off the air. Yeah. So I just really tried to be smart about it. And then, you know, all my dreams came true and I got to continually work. So now I'm renovating my college apartment. Wow. That is something, Cam. 
That really it's is. Cool. I see you on Instagram going out to a different Broadway show every night. And I read something that you posted that you don't post about a theater piece unless you loved it because you don't want to tear down theater. And, and I did the same thing when I had my TV show. You know, when I loved it, I was effusive. I couldn't stop talking about it. And then they'd say, hey, could you come and see the Scarlet Pimpernel? I was like, uh, <laughs> I saw it. They're like, okay, would you talk about it? I'm like, I can't, you know, because yeah. once once you say that you love something you didn't, all your credibility's gone. Well, that's the truth. You know, Rosie, I, I just want to say, you did for theater what Oprah did for books. Uh, you really got people back into the theater. And I was here in New York, you know, doing plays, and everyone was so thrilled that you focused so much of your show on the magic of Broadway and off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway. Right. But it's true. I write really positive things about the theater, and then people start to not believe me. They're like, well, now I don't know what to see because you write something nice about everything. Right, right. And I finally posted and said, I really want to set the record straight. I see dozens of plays mm. that I don't write about. Right. But I'm not going to write a bad review because something I don't like, another person, you know, thought was the second coming of Christ. Right. So why would I try to stop someone from going to the theater? I'm just not going to personally put my stamp on it. Well, I think that's vital because, you know, it is just as hard to get a play that isn't wonderful up on Broadway. The work that's put in by the directors and the lighting design, all the people that work on it and the actors— that by the time it gets up there, it's a major accomplishment, period. And, you know, Rosie, you produced yeah. the show with Boy George, right? Correct. You, you produced that. And I remember they did a documentary. And the critics, they're just hateful. Yeah. You know, not just to your show, but to a lot of shows. They're like, Wicked will never work. And, right. You know, what the fuck do they know, right? Right. And uh, somebody said, I think it was Boy George, or it could have been you. I'm sorry, I don't remember. You know, the only thing I retain is water these days. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but somebody said, you know, critics, the people, the very people who are supposed to love the theater, just mm. tear it down. Yes. And it really resonated with me when I saw that documentary. And, you know, what it takes to put up a play is— What it takes is, is backbreaking years of solid work and belief when no one else has it. And, you know, Cam, one of the most uh, redemptive things that's ever happened to me in my life— Stephen Sondheim did a big interview before he died, a couple of years before he died. And he said that Taboo was the most underrated musical he'd ever seen in his life. And I was crying when I read I'm it. I'm crying just hearing you say it. Yeah, it really gave me like all of the horror that I felt about its failure was kind of erased by the, the being seen by him, you know? You know, had he only been writing reviews, it could have gone an entirely different way. Yes. You know, it's just one person. And I always say that to my friends who are being, you know, critiqued by reviewers. It's just one person. Right. You know, right. you can't if you can't give them so much power. But just because you're talking about Sondheim, I don't know if you know this, Rosie, but I was the reader when Sondheim was doing Merrily We Roll Along at Arena Stage. Are you kidding? I was the reader for a whole week. They paid me $6 an hour to come in and read with Bernadette Peters, oh. Victor Garber. Like, it was a dream come true for me. And at the end of the week, this is the absolute truth, Stephen Sondheim turned to the casting directors and said, well, he first said to me, Cameron, can you sing? And I said, yes, I can sing. 
And he turned to the casting directors and he said, we should call Cameron's agent and get her in next week to audition for this. Because I'd been reading every part all week. Right. And I guess he liked what I was doing. Yes. And then I turned to him and I said, you know, Mr. Sondheim, I don't have an agent, but if you want to call me, I'll arrange a meeting for me to come in next week. Right. And he turned to the casting director, hand to the God I don't believe in. <laughs> he said... <laughs> can we get Cameron an agent and then call that agent next week and get her in here for an audition? And I would say five days later, I had my first agent because of Stephen Stodheim. That is unreal, Cameron. You have magical Hollywood stories. When I got to know you and got to sit with you playing poker during the pandemic every night, I heard these tales and, and I couldn't believe it. The story about the practice, about the game that you saw, what's it called? Cribbage or something? Cribbage. Cribbage, yeah. I don't even know the name of it. Never mind. Tell everyone that story. This is how you got to be on the practice. Yeah, I was, like I said, I graduated from NYU in the master's program. So I'd been seven years of college. I get out of school. I'm a heavy set girl. Nobody knows what to do with me. Every agent I meet says, you remind me of a Kathy Bates you're mm. going to work in about 10 years when right. you grow into your maturity. Mm. And I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, that is a huge honor that you sure. say that about Kathy Bates. Right. But she's a foot shorter, 10 years older, you know, Southern accent. Really, what about us are the same except that I'm a big girl? You know, it's right. like that's all they could peg me in. So I wasn't getting, I didn't have an agent out of school. I wasn't getting a lot of jobs. So somebody said, you know, write what you know, write what you're an expert at. So I wrote a one-woman show called Wake Up, I'm Fat, mm -hmm. about growing up in America, being fat, having parents who were, you know, it was really hard for them because they wanted me to thrive and knew that this town didn't know what to do with me. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a one-woman show, and it happened to hit a nerve, you know, because no one had been writing about that. Right. And I happened to have gone to school with Marsha Gay Harden, who's a dear friend of mine now. She introduced me to my son's father. I'm her children's godparent. You know, right. we're You're pals like from sisters. school. You're sisters. We're like sisters. And she's like, who's coming to your opening night? I'm like, I, I, I don't know, Marsha, just my friends. She goes, no, you have to have people at your opening <laughs> night. I'm like, I don't have people. I don't even have an agent, Marsha. What are you talking about? She goes, I'm going to get you some people. <laughs> so, and I bet she did. night. And she did. She yes. brought her manager. She brought a casting director. He brought Jodie Foster. Like, there were people at my opening night. I feel, really felt like a star, you know? Right. Anyway, after the show was over, the casting director says to me, how come I don't know who you are? And I'm like, well, isn't that your problem? Like, that's your job. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you heard? Haven't you heard? <laughs> anyway, he asked me for a tape. I gave him the only tape I had. Um, he brought it back. He goes, my boss is looking for a streetwise and sassy gum smacking lawyer. And I'm like, I'm streetwise. I'm, I'm gum smacking. And he brings my one tape back. I had done one show in my life. It was on Law and Order, which we'll come back to. I'm sure. I played a lawyer who knew sign language and I had a deaf client. And because I know sign language, another crazy story, um, they asked me to do this role. So I give him this tape. He brings it back to his boss. His boss says, She's not for me. It's not what I'm looking for. She's too, she's too buttoned up. I don't like it. And mm. the casting director fought for me and he said, she's buttoned up because the wardrobe person put her in that outfit. Right. She's wearing pearls because of that. This girl is streetwise and sassy. You're going to have to trust me. And so 
his boss is like, okay, I'll meet her. And so Marsha's manager says to me, Cameron, uh, David Kelly wants to meet you. Um, you're going to have to fly out to New York. And I'm like, oh my God, I've heard this, these stories yeah. where they fly you out, you sure. get the chocolate chip cookies in first class. Exactly. And she's like, well, it's not really like that. He wasn't really planning to meet you, but the casting director kind of forced his hand. So if you want to find your way out to LA and meet him, he's happy to meet you. I'm like, it doesn't sound like he's happy to meet me. Right, <laughs> at all. I'm like, fact. that doesn't sound inviting at all. You're, I'm going to pay $400 round trip, you know, to go visit this guy who hates me already. And she's like, if I were you, I would do it. You don't get these opportunities. So I'm like, all right. I flew out. I get in the room with this guy, David Kelly. I don't know anything about him. I heard he wrote, like, on L.A. Law and Chicago Hope, but that's it. There was no and, Google um, then, no Google. There's no Google. And so I, uh, I'm i in the room, and it was the probably worst four minutes of my life. I could see the $400 going down the drain. <laughs> and he was, he was, he's very dry, but I, it was scary. He was like, so uh, you're an actor? And I'm like, yeah, that's why I just spent my wife's savings and flew across the continent to meet you. And he wasn't helping because he didn't want me to win. You know, he didn't yeah. want me to, he wasn't into me. So it was over, four minutes. I was walking out the door. And I noticed next to his couch, he had a cribbage board. And I'm a big game player, as you know, Rosie. I do know, Poker, honey. code names, yes. whatever it is. I love a game. And uh, cribbage is a game that I have known and loved my whole life. So I just kind of stopped. I thought to myself, this guy is married to Michelle Pfeiffer. When does he play cribbage? So I just said, <laughs> uh, do you play cribbage, David Kelly? And he looked at me, it was the first time he showed any like signs of life. And he looked at me and said, yeah, I do, but I don't think you want to go there with me. Mm. And I said, really, David? Because I feel like I could have this conversation with you and try to impress you like I'm obviously doing unsuccessfully now. And I could beat the shit out of you at Cribbage at the same time. And he said, no, I don't think you understand. I play the computer. And I said, mm, I don't think you understand. I play for money. So why don't we just screw this audition right now and I'll play you for the part. And it was crazy because now he's like up on his seat and he's forward facing and he's like, ah, I just want to tell you, I mean, I don't want to freak you out or anything, but I skunked my mother last week. And I said, wow, David, you know what, what I'm sensing? I sense your fear. So what's the problem? <laughs> Let's play for the part. If I lose, you'll never see me again. And if I win, I walk out with the script. And he's like, uh, he was like hemming and hawing. It was so beautiful to see him off balance. Yes. And he's like, look, I can't play you for the part because I haven't written the script yet, but I'll make you this deal. If you leave my office right this minute, you'll be the first one to get it when it's finished. Wow. And I was like, you got a deal, buddy. And I walked out and the casting director followed me. He goes, what just happened? And I go, uh, your boss thinks he can beat me in cribbage. And he's wrong. <laughs> right. Anyway, the beauty of that story is, I mean, it's a. if you really want to know the whole thing, you got to, and I wasn't even planning to, I don't even know if you can get my book. I don't even know if it's been published anymore. Right. But the whole story is there. It's really quite beautiful what happened over the years. I did get the script when it was written, and it it felt like the description had changed for me. It, you know, instead it was like this big ballsy woman walks in and takes over the room. And like three weeks later, I had this role. Wow. And uh, cut to, I turned 60 last year, and my son and my mother for my birthday organized something really groovy. 
Um, I went to my office, I turned on my computer, and David came up on my Zoom screen and said, I want to challenge you to a rematch. And on my 60th birthday, David Kelly and I replayed cribbage. And who won, that, cool. who won that one? But listen, I'm going to seal the verdict because I'm a lady. <laughs> <laughs> More with Cameron Mannheim after this. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. You are, I have to say, Cam, one of the best game players. You and that Kathy and Jimmy friend of ours. She is a pretty damn and good game player. And she doesn't even try. No, she doesn't. She doesn't even she's, try. She's not enthusiastic, but she's a great player. It's like she's kissed by the game gods. Yes. I don't understand. She doesn't even care, and she wins. It, it makes me so mad. Yeah. Yeah, she's good. <laughs> she beat me on um, Pyramid a couple times. She's so good at it. She it's really, really is. amazing. Now, do you um, remember the first time you did fly first class? Because when you said that about the cookies, it reminded me of the first time I did. And uh, it was so trippy. When, do you remember what yours was? Well, it was it was very interesting because uh, I was auditioning for a Disney show, Pictionary for Kids, and I was going to be the host. 
And I get on the flight coming back and I'm in first class and, and who do I see first? Peter Frampton is sitting in first class. And I'm like, I oh my died. God, that's Peter Frampton. Like I couldn't even, you know, I'm like 21 years old at this point, maybe, you know? And um, so then in walks Christopher Reeve. Stop it. And he's in the first row of first class, but on the other side of where I'm sitting. And I'm like, Christopher Reeve and Peter Frampton are on my flight. And I had never, ever seen a celebrity like that up close. So then get this, someone is escorted to the seat no. in my row, but across the aisle from me. So I could have reached out my arm and tapped her shoulder all flight. Meryl Streep. Stop it. Meryl Streep. How I was did you so thrown, Compose Ken. yourself. <laughs> no, I was so thrown that I did whatever she did. The flight attendant came by and said, do you want champagne? She said, no. I said, no. They asked her what she wanted. She had the veggie platter, which trust me, I've never had a veggie platter. I ordered the veggie platter. I did whatever she did. And then uh, the script that I had, which was for a game show, but the script I was look, thinking that she was going to like look over and go, do you need help reading with that, sweetheart? But she didn't say anything. And I've since told her the story and, and it's, it's pretty funny, but I remember being on that flight and I remember feeling so upset that I didn't get the ice cream sundae because Meryl Streep didn't. Oh my God, Rosie. My heart is so full listening to those. I have two things to say about that. When I am on a first class flight now and big stars come on, I think to myself, man, if this plane goes down, I'm not going to make the headline. <laughs> exactly. I think we all do that, honey. And by the way, I just saw, I don't mean to drop this name. Hold on. Well, I, I'm going to bend over and Pick it up. Go ahead, get it. Go get um, it. I just saw Meryl Streep. We did a reading mm. here in New York for a wonderful celebrated playwright called John Guare. Wow. And um, I reminded her of a story between her and I that happened many years ago. I was at a big Hollywood party and I had occasion to speak to Meryl Streep, who I'd never spoken to. And we're talking. I don't, I, I just, it was amazing. And all of a sudden she, her lips are moving and I say to her, Meryl, I can't concentrate on anything you're saying because Mick Jagger is standing right behind you. And she's like, to my left or to my right. <laughs> and all of a sudden, <laughs> we were just the same person in right? love with Mick Jagger. And exactly. it was such a sweet moment. I reminded her of that a couple of weeks ago, and that was fun for me. I will say this. This is a fun story. I'm afraid of flying. and I, oh, I didn't know that. I, didn't I don't know like to fly. Wow. And uh, I had to finally go to a hypnotherapist because I was turning down jobs. Like mm. Whoopi always was turning down right. stuff, you know. I didn't like to fly. So I went to a hypnotist and I had like five sessions and then I accepted this job in Vancouver. And so I'm on the flight. I'm sitting next to a gentleman who looks, you know, like a nice guy and, and uh, you know, good looking. And I'm feeling pretty good. And I'm like, man, that hypnotherapy worked. Mm. And I'm sitting next to this guy going, I just feel comfortable next to him somehow. And then we fly. We land in um, Vancouver. And everyone that's when all the celebrities talk to each other. They don't talk to each other within the flight. But when everyone's getting up, they're like, right. hey, and I saw that and I really loved your work. Yes, exactly. And somebody said to my seatmate, oh, Richard, you, you're doing such great work on MacGyver. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's why I was so comfortable. I was sitting next to MacGyver. He could right. have landed the plane for me. Exactly. With a paper clip and a rubber band, he could have landed it safely. So that was my best flight. And I just want to call up, you know, him, Richard, and just say, could we just fly together all the time? But I'm much better at it now. Did it really help the hypnotism? I think it really did help. And I think that, 
you know, when you have a kid and you're a single mom, it's like if I something happens to me, who's going to love my kid as much as I love him? I totally and, get what uh, you mean. Totally get what you mean. And like to fly for no, that reason. But no. Now he's his own person and he can, you know, navigate life. Now your son, I adore, as do all of your friends who know him. He is the kindest, most affable, most genuinely big-hearted man-child. And he's so talented as an actor. Thank you, Rosie. I mean, did you, Cam, did you think that you were raising an actor? Did this ever enter your mind? Like, was was he a little boy who was into this? Or did it come when he was a teenager? No, he fell in love with community theater when he was about seven or eight. I mean, he's done 30 musicals in his little life. Did I think he'd go on to become, you know, a a well-known actor at the age of 15? No, I thought he would love acting, love musicals, love dancing, go on to college, decide if he wanted to direct or write or whatever. I felt he was going to be in this world. He seemed to kind of move in and out of it very fluidly. And he loved all my friends. He loves mm. adults. And, you know, I have game nights all the time. And and he just, I don't know, he seemed to love it. But he was discovered in high school in a musical. And a casting director came to see a musical that his high school was doing. And she was like, who's that kid? And she's like, that's Milo Mannheim. Like, Any relation to Cameron? And she kept him on file for about a year. And then a year later, she hunted him down through my agent and said, I'd like to see this Milo Mannheim for a show. And then it just was born. It was kind of a runaway train. There was no stopping it. Mm. You know, once he was playing Billy Flynn in Chicago and, you know, Roger in Rent and, you know, Tevya in Fiddler. Right. (laughs) Every role they gave to him. Yes. And he's so handsome, too. He's such a good looking, tall, Gorgeous young man. And uh, a heart of gold, you know, we were talking one night and uh, you were there, of course, and a bunch of our friends, I I think it was at Robbins, I don't remember, but he said to me how he used to fall asleep listening to you and all your friends play games and how it comforted him and made him, it made it easier for him to fall asleep. What What a beautiful kind of testament to his childhood and how you raised him and how he was included in everything and a part of everything. You know, he wasn't sent to his room while your friends were there. He was part of the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Thank you, Rosie. He's a, he loves games. He loves poker. He will, you know, he comes on our code names and he doesn't mind that, you know, none of us are his age. He loves the whole strat. You know, he's a an escape room master. Wow. He travels the world to do escape rooms. Mm. He's on his way to Greece to do a 24-hour escape room when you sleep there oh in a hotel. Gosh. It's crazy. So that's the mathematical side of my family handed down to him, that he loves strategy and figuring out puzzles and clues. And then my competitive side that, you know, I'm not competitive where I'm mean. I'm just competitive for, you know, the honor of it, you know. Of course. I don't care for playing for a nickel right. or for $500. I'm playing for pride. And which right. is much and more expensive. And for fun, you have so much fun doing it. But you come from a family of brainiacs, don't you? Yeah, my family are, they're kind of like intellectual Jews. My father was a professor of mathematics. My mother was a teacher. My brother went to Harvard Law School. You know, my sister is brilliant. Her sons are doctors and, you know, biologists. It's insane how 
you know, from the top down, kind of education and college was really important. So Milo, being the only person in the lineage right now who hasn't, you know, filled out a four-year college degree, was hard on my 97-year-old mother. <laughs> I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. She is like, is, are you sure he's not going to go back? I'm like, you know, like, mom, he's doing okay. Like, yeah, he's starring in college. Every, every Disney show there is. He's the star of it. I know. I really? know. And uh, it's like times have changed, Rosie. You don't have to go to college to do well anymore. It's so true. It used to be this staple you had to achieve in order to get somewhere else. But now the world has really opened their minds about how brilliant young people are. And, uh, you know, there are things you miss by not going to college, you know, socialization, how to make dinners and clean up. You, know, right, you have to right. learn that the hard way when Google hires you at 18. Yes, you know? yes, for sure. Now, you uh, told your friends that you were going to have a baby by yourself if you weren't with anyone by the time you hit 40. And then you That's hit right. 40 and said, it's now or never. Is that kind of how it happened? Well, because, you know, I'm a planner. I'm like, um, I'm 38 and there's no way I'm going to fall in love with someone and agree to have a baby with them by the time I'm 40. So I'm going to start working on that right now. Wow, good for and, you. And, um, you know, I, I thought about it really long and hard and I decided to instead of try to enter into a relationship that I didn't know if I wanted to navigate with that person for the lifetime of a child, Correct. I decided to ask a friend. Mm. So I at first focused on like my Jewish intellectual friends and I thought maybe that's what I should do because that's so much like my family. And then I'm like, well, we got enough of that in my family. Right. <laughs> Let me go and ask an elegant model, musical you know, artistic person. <laughs> so I asked an old dear friend who Marsha Gayharden introduced me to, circling back. Marsha's always and involved. I know. She's, she plays heavily in my life magic force. Um, and um, we had a really long talk about it. And that's, you know, I've always been an independent woman. I believe that there's all kinds of different families. You do too. Yeah. And um, I know that all that matters is love. And so I decided to go that route. And I didn't tell the story early on because I thought it was really Milo's story to tell. Mm -hmm. And he could tell it how he saw fit. But he is now very proud and about his father and how he was raised. So now I feel like I can talk about it. But Milo got the best of both of us. You know, he got his father's beautiful physique. He's got my perfect nose. He's got, <laughs> you know, and, and both of us are very affable and friendly. And so he really, he did, he did good. Milo right. got, Milo got some good genes. And was there any complications with um, raising him with the father? There was none like, oh, I want him on this now. I want custody. Nothing of like that. Absolutely zero. We had an incredible understanding um, you know, we had legal documents, too, that were never called upon. You know, you always say, hey, we're going to do this, you know, mutually, what's good for both of us. But then, you know, you he probably worried and thought, well, what if it's not mutual? What, and so we did, we had, you know, legal documents drawn up to protect mm -hmm. him, which I completely understood, and that is fair. Um, but we never had to resort to that because we travel together, we've been to Europe and uh, Canada, we've been, we ski, we do tons of things together while Milo was growing up. And uh, actually Milo and his dad just went to 
Hawaii for a week. So oh, wow. it's been it, it's been wonderful. And I've tried to guide other friends uh, down this path, you know, um, as well, because there's nothing wrong with getting sperm donors. Blah, blah, blah. But for me, I just think I wanted to know the full history, you know. Of and that, that mental was mental illness. Yes. And, that was for I me. I wanted to know it all. Kelly and I did the same thing. We One of her friends was the donor. And I could not do the anonymous either because I thought, you know, like every time I'd walk down the street and look at someone, I'd go, is that it? Is that the, oh, you know, no. I wanted, I wanted to know. And I thought it would be important for the baby to know, you know, when, yeah. when looking for their uh, identity or their birth parents. And, and Vivi has, uh, when she turned 18, so for two years, she's been in contact with him and he has a wonderful wife and a son and they came over to the house here and, and it was just a beautiful thing. You know, I haven't seen this guy in 20 years and he walks in still gorgeous. And, you know, I was like, I don't know how to thank you for the greatest thing that yeah. I've ever been gifted, you know, thank you. And he's so proud of her and they have a beautiful thing, you know, they're building a relationship now. That's wonderful. Yeah. On every Father's Day, I thank Milo's dad. And I came to it with love and the right perspective, you know, and I think he knew that. So we never had any conflict. I didn't try to steal him for time and he didn't try to steal him for right, time. It right. was really, it was perfect. And Milo is, you know, a great representative of that because he knows that, you know, is all positive and good. Yeah, the intent was right from the get-go. The intent matters, yeah. you know, and everything you so do. So by the way, you know, you said to me I wanted to have a baby by the time I was 40. Milo was actually due 11 days after I was born, but I induced him. <laughs> uh, and I had him two days before I turned 40. So I had that you goddamn did it. kid before I turned 40. Yes, you did, honey. Yes, you <laughs> and did. And I induced him because he was 9.6 pounds. Oh, <laughs> so my gosh. So he was fully baked and ready to come out. Yeah, he was done. And boy, did he grow up good. He's a fine-looking young man. Wow. I really love him, Cam. He's a great That means a lot to me, Rosie. Now, I also am a little jealous of you having a vibrant participatory, alive, eccentric mother who is 97 years old. I like, I can't fathom it, you know? I look at it and I go, she's a grown-up with kids who are grown-up and she has a mother still living. Yeah. I mean, I what, what do you I, think about that? Do you, do you, does it go through your head? Like, how did, how did we get this? It is a gift from the universe to have my fully capable and remarkable mother at 97 years old. My mother goes to senior university four days a week. Mm. She goes and takes classes on, you know, existentialism, current events, Shakespeare. It is crazy. She is truly a remarkable woman. She marched with Martin Luther King. She wow. fought for women's right to choose. She has been a steadfast, you know, fighter of freedom. And uh, she is really the incredible matriarch of our family. She has great grandkids. She's something else. It is not lost on me. I call her every day. Yeah. Every day. I sometimes hear the same stories every day. Yes, that's day, okay. Three that's times right. in, one, in one phone call, but that's right. my too. I'll yeah, take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and how do you think she stays so, I mean, she's obviously curious. She keeps her intellectual, uh, you know, stimulation on high. I mean, how how do you explain to be that healthy at that age and still going strong? Genes? You think it's just genes or? I think some of it is genes. And I think 
She is led, she's prim. She has never taken medication. I'm like, mom, just take a Motrin. She's like, I don't need it. She is, she's just one of those women never complains and never shows her pain. And she's so stalwart, you know, she's Mm -hmm. so stolid. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. It's, um, she's got stuff to do. And we keep giving her things to look forward to. You know, there's a wedding next year. There's an opening. There's babies being born. There's, we just keep giving her. And she focuses all her attention on those great upcoming events. So she makes new friends. It's just, she loves people. So she's out and about. She takes walks. My mother is legally blind and walks a couple of miles a day with her cane by herself. I don't need a babysitter. Oh, that's what she says. That is wild. It's wild. We never know what to expect when a phone call comes about right, your right. mother wandered into our house and had some of our coffee cake. Like that would be my mother. Right. Right. <laughs> and but, if you, you sat know. next to her on a plane, Rosie, it would go like this. Do you watch TV? My daughter's on television. Aww. And then before you know it, that's the whole conversation, right? Yes. There. Well, how proud she must be. Come on. Especially when she worried whether you would work because you were heavy, you know? Yeah, and- she did not think I would. More with Cameron Mannheim after this. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. 
Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. You and I have talked about this, about, um, you know, struggling with our weight and that sometimes wardrobe people can be really cruel. Like, you know, they can say, well, I don't have anything in your size. Can you bring your yeah. own clothes? That happens to me all the time and mm-hmm. still. Yeah. And, still, and you've lost, haven't you? You've lost some weight. You know, I keep trying. You know, I just had knee surgery and it's been, it was really hard on me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I have to participate in not being in so much pain, you know, and, and my mother is such a good role model about that. So I've worked really hard at it most recently just to get out of pain. Pain is really, has been the roughest part about being in New York. New York will kill you. Yeah, you got to move it in New York. so much of you. Totally. Yeah, you get in a cab and you sit. So people walk 30 blocks, 40 blocks to their destination without a blink. I ride a city bike almost every day, and mm. I think that has a lot to do with it. I'm on those bikes constantly. A, I don't want to pay for Ubers. They're so ridiculously expensive. And even though I can afford it, it's the point. Right. And so yeah. I will I will get on a city bike and ride up to, you know, I live in the East Village. I'll ride up to the, you know, Central Park right. just so I don't have to pay $35 for it. Exactly. I get you, honey. I totally get you. Now, you're in New York because of Law & Order. And that was your first job, and now you got it again. It's it's a dream come true, that's for sure. How did that come about? Was it just like we want her back, get her back? What? How did that go down? I don't I don't know what the backroom talks were. You know, it. Uh, I was just minding my own business. I had no idea this show was even being brought back. Right. It had been. You know, Law and Order was on the air for twenty years, mm. and then it went off the air for ten years. And from that original Law & Order also spun new Law & Orders. Law & Order SBU, Law & Order Organized Crime, which are on now. It's very confusing to people who aren't Law & Order fans. Right. But if you're a Law & Order fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I just thought the original mothership was over. Yeah. And then I got a call. That's the beauty of it, Rosie. I, I got know. a call. You never know what's going <laughs> to happen. They called and they wanted you. Imagine that, right? I didn't have to be like, I heard they're rebooting Law and Order. Yeah, yeah. Can you see if I can get in? Who are they casting? Like, I didn't have to do that. I got a call, and I really think it it was um, Dick Wolf. He was like, we need a formidable female lieutenant who won't take crap from the two detectives. You know, mm-hmm. at the time, it was Anthony Anderson and Jeffrey Donovan, and I need someone who can stand up, you know, stand up and boss those, those dudes around. And right. I'm like... I'm streetwise and sassy. I should buy those dudes around. Still streetwise uh, and sassy from the beginning, right? And so I got the offer, and it was a hard. It was hard at the time to make a decision to move across the country. You know, you just moved the other way. Exactly. I would really loved it if you were still here, and I hadn't lived in this apartment for 25 years. Right. I was renting it for 25 years, and I'm like, I'm gonna go back. Like I'm like a college student back to my apartment, back to, you know, working in New York. And it took me, it took me a second to like really understand that this is a whole nother chapter for me. I get to go back and fall in love with New York and revisit all of those friendships that, you know, 
when you're across the country, you don't get it's to harder. Yes, see it's as much often. harder. Right. And um, I got here. I did a remodel in my apartment, and I started having game nights right away. In fact, <laughs> I made Kathy and Jimmy have two game nights for me because my apartment was being remodeled. I'm like, <laughs> I have to have a game night. I invited my friends. Right. I got food. <laughs> like, you have to host it. And now um, I had a Super Bowl party. I've already had two game nights in the past 10 days. Like, I can't. That is my happiest place on the planet. Right. And in my retirement, I would like to have um, a bed and breakfast. And we do games at night after you go out for your day trips and you come back and we have some good food and a good game. One night will be code names. One night will be poker. Another one will be running charades. Then and Catan, you can't have, forget Catan. Oh, you know how much I love Catan. Yes, I just learned it a few a few months ago. Parker was when Parker was here, he taught me how to play it. And you, you know, know, you, you get could play re- online. We could play online, just you and me. All right, honey, I'm in. All right, you taught All me right. code names. You could uh, help me with this one too. So, do you think you're going to stay there as long as the job goes, or are you going to try to come back when it? You know, you're, I know you're here when it, when you're on hiatus, right? Because the in between, yeah. you come back here. Like, as you know, I don't love to fly. Right. So, you know, some people, I have friends who have three days off and go go home, you know, to yeah. see their family. I need a good, like, 10 days if I'm going to commit to flying across the country. Right. But I came home for Christmas for a month, and I'll come home for hiatus. But, no, I'm in it for the long haul. This is an incredible job. It. I was at an opening of a play a few weeks ago, and this woman <laughs> pointed at me, and and she was serious. She went, you have my job. I want that job. Oh, <laughs> like, I hope she was she an actress. She must have auditioned for it. Right, yeah. She's an actress, yeah. and she wanted that goddamn job. It is it is like the mother load yes. for a woman my age. I don't work that much, but I'm on a show that is loved, and I'm in a city that I adore. Yeah. So... I will be on it as long as network television exists, yes. which I don't know how long that. Yeah, will be. nobody knows. It could be over in a year, but uh, it's a, okay. you're great on it. You're great in everything you do. I remember when I saw you um, in the full in the deaf spring awakening. Yes, and you were across the stage walking in that outfit, and you have such presence, Cam. I was like in the audience watching, going, "Look at how she can command." You were like. You know, deep in the in the set, on the set, away from where the audience was, and you slowly walked across the whole stage. And I remember being transfixed. You're such an amazing actress, really, in everything you do. And uh, I first fell in love with you with uh, that David Kelly show, Private Practice, and everyone else in America did too. And I think you've been like a staple in our life and world since then. You know. Thank you. It's been uh, it's been really amazing moving here and getting to know you so well. It's been a gift. That has been one of my favorite things. You know, if there's any silver lining to COVID, and mm-hmm. there aren't many, you know, I well, I can say the same about you, and we don't have to have like this full on you know love fest. But Rosie, of course, I was so deeply in love with you on so many levels uh, when you did your show, what you did for theater, the kind of questions you asked. They weren't. Frivolous. You let me ride my motorcycle onto your stage. Come on. You were so that I did a mammogram with a deaf woman on yes. one of your shows. Right. Like you were so influential in my generation and to others. And then, 
you know, this horrible thing happens to the world. Mm. And um, and you and I have talked and seen each other yes, here and yes. there and always enjoyed each other's company when we were around each other. And all of a sudden, we come together night after night, not just one night for games, but another night for games, and then another night for our our talking. private little exactly. talking uh, right. little community that we had. And you talked about your kids, and I talked about mine, and our mothers, and our lives, and our weight, and our loves, and our you know misfortunes. And it was, I, I I don't know, there was that was such a special time. And what's even more special is now that COVID has found a way to interact in the world. Mm. Our friendship is still so solid. I came to visit you in your beautiful home and your daughter. And we just, it is the the silver lining of a horrible time in our history. I agree. Was the friendships that I made. And you know, it was funny moving out here. I, you guys were like, come on. I was so depressed in New York and my house in New Jersey, unable to move it. You were like, you could do it. I'm like, but it's COVID. You're like, no, you could do it. Come on. And uh, when I finally did it, I was like, thank God I did it. I think it was just in time because- Boy, that was a depressing time for so many millions of us, right? If you struggle so with depression to begin with, and then to be in the middle of that, I was like, I, I don't think I can. To be in New York, when I yes. think about what yes. New Yorkers went through, like the streets. Yes. I look at those photographs, but but sometimes you just need a little sunshine, Rosie. It I was, know, honey. And it's helped me out. so much. It's helped me so much. I have a trouble here in New York with the darkness and yes, the, the gray. You know, and I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about getting one of those lights that make yes. it look like the sun is rising with you. Yes, I've had, I've used those. They're very helpful because during, you know, from like November through March, through spring, that was the toughest time for me there. Yeah. And I remember feeling it as a child. I remember the gray descending and me thinking, oh no, I have to go back in the cave, you know? Uh, it's it's such a struggle, but um, I find it here for my depression. It's exponentially increased, you know? I'm so happy. And um, thanks to you and all my pals from out here who made it such an easy transition and helped me so much that, you know, it's been just serendipity for me. So thank you, Cameron Manheim. Oh my God, I'm so happy you're at the beach with the sunshine and your daughter is thriving and thriving. You should see her, man. Listen, I've thank you for doing this. I've been looking forward to this. No, oh, but thank you I've been so looking much. Forward to it. Okay, honey, I'm going to go get All my right. kid after school and I love you and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you so much. She is delicious, Cameron Mannheim. Did I tell you? She really is. Stay tuned, everybody. We got some questions coming up and, uh, and thank you, Cameron Mannheim. the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. Hey, we're back. Thanks for sticking around. Commercials, they can be long and annoying, I understand. But hey, there's a business in show business, people. (laughs) Okay, making myself laugh. Sorry. We've got some questions from you. Here's the first question. I haven't read these or don't know what they're about, so hit it. Hey, Rosie. It's Adam in Boston. Um, So glad you have this podcast. I missed hearing you often, Um, so it's great. I just was calling in to tell you that, um, well, first of all, that I love you. And second of all, um, just that I hope you don't have regrets about producing Taboo, the musical. Um, Because my mom took me to see that show in New York because it was a real bonding moment for us um, being a young queer person. I wanted to ask if you... I guess, had any regrets about it and if you would ever produce another musical again on Broadway. Um, And my second just thought for you is I just want you to know that I didn't know who Lee Bowery was at the time when I saw the show and I just was opened up to this world and it's one of the reasons that I went to art school and became a designer. So thank you so much for that. And... um, Onward with my question and podcast row. Love you. How sweet. Hi, honey. I'm so glad that you went to see Taboo and that you saw it with your mom. And I understand the profound effect it had on you because it had an effect on me like that too. You know, I saw that show, Taboo, over in London and Boy George was in it playing Lee Bowery. And it was in a small kind of off-Broadway theater over there in the West End. And um, I went up to the usher and I said, does Boy George come often to the show? And they said, he was on stage. I didn't even know it was him. 
And he came over and uh, we introduced ourselves. And and I was like, how can I make this into a Broadway show? You know? And I thought it would be simple and I thought it would be easy and it was none of the above, but it was so much fun. And it was so um, helpful to me as an artist too, to learn all about Lee Bowery and and his life and his art. And it woke me up in a, in a lot of ways to a kind of... Uh, a person who lives their art daily. And it used to be, I think, when I was younger that I would be a little afraid of people who were kind of way out of the norm. And and Lee Bowery kind of taught me, not himself, obviously, through the show, uh, taught me how to accept everyone and see the the art in their daily living. It's quite a thing to master, to be able to use yourself as a canvas and be out in the world fully presenting your art and yourself as one. But Adam, your your note is very sweet, and I have no regrets about doing it because there's nothing better in showbiz than Broadway. There you go. Thank you, Adam, very much. You're very sweet. All right, we got another question on the way. Here we go. Hit it. Hi, Rosie. This is Victor from San Francisco. I've been enjoying all your interviews and discussions, especially with Cheetah Rivera. You have mentioned at various times you had lots of determination and confidence from a young age. It's so impressive, but where does it come from when you are that young as a child? Nature, nurture, maybe a combination? Welcome your thoughts. Take care and appreciate all that you've done. Thank you so much. Very sweet. Um, You know, where does that come from, that kind of self-confidence? I don't really know. I think it probably came in my genes in some capacity and... And then there was the nurture part of having my mom die when I was so young, having five children with no kind of leader at home because my dad was lost in his own way and and at work like men were in the 70s, you know, early 70s. He was gone. He wasn't somebody that was prominently featured in our lives the way dads are today, you know, in the 70s. Your dad was somebody who went to work begrudgedly and came home and had a couple drinks and watched the game and yelled at their kids. I don't know. It didn't seem so kumbaya with with that when when I was growing up. I came out of the birth canal, I think, knowing who I was in some ways. And, And I think from having my mom die so young, it forced me kind of to be an adult in some ways. And I always thought, well, I got to take care of everybody now. And I'm sure my siblings felt the same thing. I think, uh, you know, mother loss or parent loss at such a young age is really defining for your whole life. And um, I think the combination of wanting to bully myself up and and um, have it as a protection, I think the, all those things are combined into one. But self-confidence is something that I hope to instill in all my kids and I think I've done it with them, uh, the big ones, and, and I'm trying very hard with my little uh, daughter who is autistic, as I said before, and, and has her own specific way of looking at the world, and it's opened my world in, in ways I can't even describe adequately, you know. She's really changed the way I am in this world and the way I feel about it, and a dolphin just swam by everybody. <laughs> we had a whale about an hour ago, and now we have a dolphin just swam by, which means they probably have friends because they hang out in pods, you know. 
But anyway, that's what I think. It's a combination of, of both. And I'm, I'm glad you love the Cheetah Rivera interview. I love her so much. And she's such a living legend. And uh, how great that she did that for all of us. So thank you for saying that. All right, everybody. So we are done for the day. And if you want to leave a voice memo, how do you do it? You take your iPhone, you hit voice memo. You go, hey, Rosie, blah, 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 blah. You hang up and then you go to onwardrosie at gmail.com and you attach your little voice memo to that email and it will come right to this show. Thank you for all your comments and wish we could get to all of them, but uh, we'll get to as many as we can. And um, next week, a wonderful guest, another friend of mine, Ricky Lake. And we uh, have a laugh riot fun hour for you with her as well. So listen, thanks everybody. This is Onward with Rosie O'Donnell. We'll see you next week. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com.